Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. King Slime is a production of iHeart Podcasts and Heirloom Media. Can you do me a favor and... Give the Samba Court, educate the Samba Court on who you are, your background. The court may not be familiar. Um, Your Honor, I'm a 54-year-old father of four. Um, I'm kind of emotional because how good this guy is. Um, It's June 2nd, 2022, three weeks after Young Thug's arrest. His defense attorney, Brian Steele, is trying to demonstrate that Young Thug is a charitable person and a meaningful, positive contributor to Atlanta and the music industry. He's brought in 300 Entertainment CEO, Kevin Lyles. I've also started a company with Jeffrey called Young Stoner Life. And I remember what he said to me. We're not just starting a company. We're going to change some lives. And that's what he's done. And he's definitely changed mine. This is part of Young Thug's first bond hearing. It's when the defense argues its client is not a flight or safety risk, that he deserves a chance to pay bail and be released from jail while his trial is carried out. Lyle says he will financially back Young Thug's bond and even help the rapper pay for a dozen off-duty police officers to supervise home confinement if he's released, a cost that could creep into the millions. I wanted to back him personally and professionally. After Steele is done making his case, then-prosecutor Don Geary steps up and starts his argument in an Atlanta trial against one of the biggest hip-hop stars in the world by making reference to an old, dead news radio host who started his career during the Dust Bowl. Judge, I'm going to rely on the statement of age to say that I'm about to have a Paul Harvey moment. We're sitting here and you got the song and dance, but now you're about to get the rest of the story. 
The bond hearing is in some ways a condensed version of the trial itself. There's no seated jury. But the prosecution is trying to convince the judge that Jeffrey Williams is too dangerous to walk among the public, that he needs to remain in jail or people could get hurt, could even die. What I can tell the court is Mr. Williams is the head of YSL, and the S doesn't stand for stoner, it stands for slime. It's young slime life. Judge, this gang, and I call it that because that's what it is by definition of Georgia law, this criminal street gang pre-existed the label record. So as a spinoff, he used YSL again and, and substituted one of the words. Over the course of 40 minutes, Geary lays out his case. He talks about drugs and weapons being found in Young Thug's home when he was arrested. Judge, there was a sawed-off shotgun or a sawed-off illegal dangerous weapon. He highlights Young Thug's alleged connection to the death of Donovan Thomas. It's the state's contention that the car used in that murder was a car rented personally by Mr. Williams just days before. And he leans on intel law enforcement claims to have gathered from sources. Judge, I will also say that we have taken proffers from fellow gang members from Mr. Williams. Some are on this indictment, some are not. They have stated uniformly that Mr. Williams is dangerous. They are afraid of him, that if they cross him, he will kill them and their family. Then Gary scoffs at the defense's offer to cover the cost of his supervision. Mr. Williams has said in his songs, it's all about the money. And there's no difference. That's exactly what it was today. It was, I've got money. I can, I can pay for whatever you want me to. This not-so-subtle slight is the first time Gary mentions Young Thug's lyrics in this hearing. But it's far from the last. He starts pulling from the indictment, attempting to demonstrate that Young Thug's own music provides evidence of his criminal activity and character. Act 9 on 4-2014. It is a song. The name is EWW. The name is actually Ew, or sometimes Ew, Ew, Ew. Young Thug released this song nearly a decade ago to build off the hype he saw from initial hits like Stoner. And Geary hones in on the song's final verse. And in it, basically, the defendant says, all I ever wanted was the money. Basically, if you mess with me, you go into a wheelchair. That's what that one says. Geary continues. The next one is going to be Act 60 of the indictment, which is on 325.16. It is a music video uh, entitled Slime Shit. Um, And it talks about YSL shit, killing 12 shit, 12 being a euphemism for police officers. Uh, Fuck a jail shit. Uh, In that song, it goes, again, fuck the police. Um, fuck the judge. Mob life. Geary cites more songs. Act 131 on 416 of 21. There's a video released called Ski SKI with lyrics stating, I fuck with slats. I fuck with slats. Uh, slacks being basic slang life's forever. Uh, we come to eat rats. I came with some baranas. Runner on Act 97 from 916 19. Uh, Mr. Williams posted a video called Just How It Is. There were lyrics in that one as well. And it said, uh, last, last N-word tried me, almost got popped at Lennox. 
Ask the cops, ask the detectives. They know all the business. Ask the cops and the detective all the jurisdictions. Gave the lawyer close to two mil. Gave the lawyer close to two mil. He handles all the killings. He handles all the killings. My business. We know to kill the biggest cats of all the kittens. We know to kill the biggest cats of all kittens. Gary even connects a young thug song to a shooting incident where YFN Lucci's mother was hit in the leg. Your Honor, on Act 78 from 11519, uh, it's a video called Bad Boy. Now, understand at, at, at a point, Mr. Williams got into a um, beef, if you will, with another rapper by the name of Rayshon Bennett, also known as YFN Lucci. Uh, at some point, uh, Lucci's mother was shot at. And the song comes out with Bad Boy that says, uh, you better watch the way you breathe around me for that breath be your last boy. Smith and Wesson 45 put a hole in his heart, better not play with me. Killers stay with me. I shot at his mommy, now he no longer mentioned me. Again, we believe that Mr. Williams doesn't sing about random theoretical acts. He sings about gang acts that he's a part of or his gang participates in. Finally, Uh, Gary uses Young Thug's words to lay out the prosecution's overarching theory. This next song is Anybody, his second collaboration with Nicki Minaj. Act 74 is a music video on 4-12-18 where Mr. Williams states or sings I, I never, never killed, killed anybody, anybody, but I got something to do with that body. But I got something to do with that body. Uh, that would be our position, is that as the leader of this uh, criminal street gang, uh, Mr. Williams probably has never killed anybody. I, I don't know that to be true or not, but uh, he probably has others do it for him, as, as we understand the evidence, Judge. Judge, Mr. Williams essentially is YSL. Everybody else is a follower. There are leaders. We said Mr. Kitchens, Mr. Greer, they are also leaders. But the leader, the top dog, the most dangerous man here is Jeffrey Williams. Because he doesn't have to get his hands dirty. He has others to do his business. Geary argues that the man who calls himself King Slime in records, who Gunna calls King Slime, and who even Drake knows to call King Slime, is also a kingpin. This is the most of them. This is the one that you see the shadow in the back of the room. He's the one directing traffic. He is the one that we're all afraid of. He's the one that's King Slime. He's pulling the shots. I'm Christina Lee. And I'm George Cheedy. This is, indeed, King Slime. The prosecution of Young Thug and YSL. Using lyrics in a criminal case rubs a lot of people the wrong way. On the stand of that first Bond hearing, Young Thug's business partner, Kevin Lyles, offered a familiar critique. I've been fighting this battle for over 40 years. It's not new. And it's funny how we're the number one music in the world now, and they want to bring this back up. We don't argue about movies or other 
genres of music that talk about I ran them over in my truck or I, I, I got, got, had, I got drunk and I went and shot them. We don't, we don't bring those things to court, but quote unquote, our music, we've been on trial. And we're constantly on trial about who we are, what we are, and why we're, and nobody gave us nothing. The argument goes, Johnny Cash didn't get arrested for singing, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Bob Marley didn't go to jail for bellowing out that he shot the sheriff, but not the deputy. And Freddie Mercury didn't have to worry about being prosecuted for the second verse of Bohemian Rhapsody. Mama just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pulled my trigger, now he's dead. At this point, the decades-long debate over rap being on trial, these are cliches. They're easy points in what should be a hard conversation. And they distract from the much more nuanced debate that needs to happen. Virtually everyone we spoke with about lyrics said they believe there's a place for their use in prosecution when they're actual evidence of a crime. It's not that prosecutors quote an artist's lyrics, it's how. There are extreme cases where lyrics have been used to achieve nightmarish results. The most egregious perhaps being the case of Mac Phipps, a 22-year-old rapper with no criminal record who was wrongfully convicted by an all-white jury on a manslaughter charge in Louisiana in 2001. Phipps spent 21 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Shoddy police work and coerced witness testimony were a big part of the conviction. And without any physical evidence, prosecutors recited the lyrics of one of Phipps' songs in court. Or at least, what prosecutors wanted that jury to hear from Phipps' lyrics. The hook from Murder, Murder, Kill, Kill. And what's actually a misquote from his song, Shell Shocked. He'll give you a bullet in the brain, not I'll. He is Phipps' dad, known as Big Mac. Phipps' lyrics were in part a reference to Big Mac's experiences as a Vietnam War soldier. Stripped of its context, the lyric implied something about Phipps' character that simply had no facts to back it up. On top of the lack of evidence, someone else confessed to the crime. Nevertheless, Phipps was locked up. And since his release in 2021... McKinley Phipps Jr. could be released from prison soon. This week, the former No Limit rapper received a letter from Governor John Bell Edwards who granted him clemency after serving more than two decades for manslaughter. The now 46-year-old has become the poster child for how courts can wrongfully interpret artistic expression as an outright confession and for how rap lyrics in particular can introduce racial bias into a trial. In a study from 1999, lyrics by the Kingston Trio, a folk and pop group, were presented to one group as rap music and the other as country music. The first group, who believed the Kingston Trio lyrics were rap lyrics, were far more likely to believe that the lyrics would incite violence and require regulation. That study was conducted again in 2016, but this time, they also presented lyrics from A Boy Named Sue by Johnny Cash. Specifically, they included this excerpt that goes, quote, well, I hit him hard right between the eyes and he went down, but to my surprise, he come up with, with a knife, knife and cut off a piece of my ear, but, but I busted, busted a chair right, right across, across his teeth. teeth. And we crashed through the wall and into the street, kicking and a gouging in the mud and the blood and the beer. Despite how mainstream rap had become, how rap had essentially become the new pop music, 
the results were damn near the same. Those who believed a boy named Sue was rap music had evaluated the song far more negatively. Adam Dunbar helped conduct the 2016 study. He also appeared at the Fulton County Courthouse in April 2023, called by the defense in an attempt to qualify him for testimony in the YSL trial. When the lyrics were represented as rap music compared to country or heavy metal, participants viewed the songwriter as having worse character and a greater criminal propensity. There is also an entire book about the use of lyrics in prosecution. Rap on Trial, Race, Lyrics, and Guilt in America. It features a foreword by Atlanta artist Killer Mike. One of the book's co-authors, Eric Nielsen, has also appeared at the Fulton County Courthouse as a potential witness. Dr. Nielsen, good afternoon, sir. Come on up to the witness stand, sir, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, When prosecutor Adrian Love cross-examined him, she essentially wondered why a rap expert like Nielsen would be necessary. She wondered why a jury shouldn't be able to take lyrics literally at face value. Would it matter to you that this is something anyone just simply listening to rap music would be able to figure out on them on their own. Unfortunately, no. Uh, th- and that's that's kind of the entire point of my book and a lot of my research is that's just not how it works. Um, lyrics are highly inflammatory, uh, prejudicial, and subject to misinterpretation and mischaracterization. Uh, I would say it's almost insulting to the art form to suggest that anybody with a limited knowledge or experience with rap music would just naturally understand all of these things. It's much more complex than that. And it's, it's really, uh, it's reverence to the genre um, to acknowledge that it is as sophisticated and complex as it is. I, so the, the short answer is no. The whole issue is a lightning rod for criticism, a softball for anyone who wants to declare discrimination or unfairness. It's why Michael Carlson, executive district attorney in Fulton County, is eager to challenge assumptions that the use of lyrics in court only impacts Black artists and rap music specifically. There are scores of cases from around the country, some of them under state anti-gang laws where white supremacist groups and members have been prosecuted, and the lyrics, not necessarily of what they created, but just of what they listened to, was introduced against them. And it's interesting that those cases don't seem to make it into the conversation. Although, when we asked which other musical genres had been examined in these cases... What the particular background was to, to that type of music, I'd, I'd have to go back and check the case law. So given all the other evidence law enforcement claims to have in the YSL indictment, why does the DA's office even bother with lyrics? We asked Ronnie Willis herself. We assume that you must have known that the lyrical part of this was going to be a lightning rod for criticism. But my question, I guess we should take a step back. Like, did you know? I guess the better question is, did I care? Uh, so, so that's not my job, is, is to care if criticism should come. That's not what the people elected me for. I represent one of the best communities in the United States of America. Um, And I've been telling juries that for years, and I mean it. And let me tell you why it's one of the best. One, it's one of the most diverse communities. It has every ethnicity. You are allowed to come to this county that I live in, and you are allowed to be of any sexuality. 
There is opportunity in Atlanta. You know, we're we the city of hope right here that is just not present other places. And let me just talk to you as a black woman. It is the mecca of opportunity right here in Atlanta. That's worth salvaging and saving. And so I am not going to allow people, no matter who they are, to come into this community, to not be held responsible, and to commit crime. And so if you ask me if I make decisions because someone criticizes me doing everything that I can to keep this community safe, I have to be honest with you, I don't really care. Okay, so the DA isn't worried about the criticism. But what's the actual value in using lyrics in a gang trial? The short answer is it's another tool in the toolbox. And the district attorney's office will use whatever legal tools it has at its disposal to prosecute gangs. In fact, Assistant District Attorney Chris Berry goes as far as saying, because it's legal, it would be a miscarriage of justice not to use them. Can I look a family member in the eye and say that I did absolutely everything for their loved one who was the victim of a crime? And I'm not going to go ahead and look the other way on potential party admissions in relation to that crime. Because that office is in Georgia, that toolbox is well-equipped. We mentioned before that Michael Carlson helped write the state's current gang law, which he boasts is among the most powerful in the United States. And he says there are three basic criteria in Georgia for admitting lyrics as evidence. First, where the lyric forms the crime itself, and that would be in the case of a threat. Secondly, where the lyric demonstrates proof of an underlying crime where the person is perhaps admitting to doing something. And three, where the lyric demonstrates something about the person's state of mind related to the crime. Chuck D of Public Enemy has famously called rap Black America's TV station. That sentiment has been rephrased several times over, eventually evolving to Black America's CNN. The distinction to be made there is that while rap has this reputation for being autobiographical, the music could also serve as a broader cultural commentary, reportage. Willis says that she understands this distinction as well. If you listen to my playlist, it's got rap music. Now, I'm old now. I'll admit it. I'm listening to Drake and Jay-Z and, uh, shoot, I'm still listening to N.W.A. So I, I like the classics. I enjoy that music. And I don't want to say that just because someone is making music, even if they're telling um, stories of their environment, that that is a connection because we can certainly tell the stories. But she says that she can also distinguish reportage from a true threat. This becomes the problem. Me and you got beef. And I make a song with the purpose of intimidating you. And then I carry it out. It's fair game. I'm going to use it. Several people from Atlanta police and the DA's offices say lyrics are being used as true threats. Atlanta police detective Kimberly Underwood. I think if you're bragging in a song about something that really happened and the police know it really happened, then I think that should be used as evidence that a crime was committed. You're actually bragging about shooting into somebody's personal vehicle that you know that's the type of vehicle that this dead person owned, and you put this in your, you know, lyrics, that's a problem. That should be a problem to the family. Like, just like you rubbing it in. Atlanta police investigator Marissa Viverito, who was in the room with Lil Woody during his interrogation. It's another layer of victimization. Like, I've spoken to families where 
they're just distraught or enraged that a crime committed against their loved one is being used for profit. And it's stuff that maybe we didn't catch and the family says to you, oh, have you heard this? Like, this is, and it's just like heartbreaking. I couldn't imagine if something happened to one of my loved ones. And to hear that over and over and hear somebody bragging about it in such a public forum and just so flagrantly. Kara Convery runs Georgia's new statewide gang prosecution office. She's a former prosecutor in Fulton County who's worked alongside and then under Fonnie Willis before moving to the state level. She's familiar with the YSL case. And she says there's yet another layer to the lyrics question. A big part of the gang culture and what is really the currency in that world is this whole concept of respect and disrespect. And, of course, pride and ego and having the courage to put this out there. Like, I'm out here doing this. Nobody can touch me to the point where I'm not just talking about it with my friends. Like, I'm putting it out here nationally. And look, I have success as a result of it because this is how big I am. This is how untouchable I am. I'm out here literally broadcasting evidence of these crimes, and here I am still untouchable. That's going to increase your rank within your organization. That's going to increase that currency of respect. I mean, that's really everything. Convery believes that the way the gangs communicate with music can lead to further recruitment and retaliation. Recently in Atlanta, sadly, there's been a bunch of of young kids that have been the victim of gang violence and have associated themselves. We had a 13-year-old killed at Atlantic Station earlier this year. Atlanta police arrested two teens on election day and charged them with murder in the shooting that occurred on 17th Street, just feet away from the popular Atlantic Station. And the response to that on social media, I mean, his body is still out on the street and people are speaking and singing and putting it out there through any medium they can, the disrespect towards that set. Then once you have this disrespect out there, there's a required response from the other side or else all of a sudden you look like you don't have any respect. Police would not release a juvenile's names or talk about a motive, but they have called the shooting that left two youth dead and four others injured a gang-related shooting. In this modern age, that true threat could end up being as lengthy as a 1,500-word essay or as brief as a tweet or even a bar or two. To me, one of the worst crimes that has been committed in recent history is that massacre they did at that grocery store where all those senior citizens were there and it targeted African-Americans. She's talking about the 2022 mass shooting at a Buffalo, New York supermarket that killed 10 people. Just moments ago, Buffalo police confirmed an 18-year-old man opened fire at a supermarket, killing 10 people and wounding three others. Prior to the attack, the shooter uploaded a 19-page document saying that he targeted black residents to undo what has been called the Great Replacement Theory, which falsely states that white Americans are being systemically replaced through birth, interracial marriage, and violence by non-white Americans. The alleged teenage gunman was planning his attack for years. His young mind consumed with racist, anti-Semitic, and anti-immigrant messages he found on the Internet. So often when we see crimes like that, we see manifestos, right? That's something that we've almost become common to know as manifestos. Do you understand that a manifesto is a literary work? That's all it is. It's a literary work. It is no different than a lyric. Are you making the argument that we should not be allowed to use that manifesto to convict someone that did that crime? Because that's what you're saying. And that's what people are saying. And they have not took the time to step back. What I tell you is, if you wrote a manifesto and then did those acts, that's good evidence. 
there's no different because he put a beat behind it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When Dina Lapolt's phone rings in her Los Angeles home late one Saturday night in February 2019, her heart sinks. I knew the minute she was calling me, this was not a good call. Shea Ben Abraham Joseph is the rapper 21 Savage. And at the start of 2019, his career is hitting new heights. The then 26-year-old scores his first number one album and lands a guest spot on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Performing a lot from his number one album, I Am Greater Than I Was. Give it up for 21 Savage! In his song, A Lot, 21 Savage's lyrics contemplate his biggest wins How many lawyers you got? and losses. How many times you got shot? A lot. But on this particular night on the 30 Rock stage, 
he decides to add a new verse to his top 40 hit. He raps. Been through some things, but I couldn't imagine my kids stuck at the border. Flint still need water. People was innocent, couldn't get lawyers. Been through some things, so I can't imagine my kids stuck at the border. Flint still need water. People was innocent, couldn't get lawyers. It's a nod to the images that are swirling through the news at the time. Hundreds of people uh, who are now facing this zero-tolerance policy. Migrant children being separated from their families at the U.S. border with Mexico during the Trump administration's crackdown on immigration. And the result of that is in many cases, many families have been uh, separated. The changes to the song are so subtle and so brief that many outlets reporting on the performance don't even catch it or mention it. But that changes quickly and dramatically. I literally got tipped off probably a week after his performance that ICE was going to take him. I had advance notice. It's like getting notice that there's going to be an earthquake. Like, amazing. By this time, 21 Savage is back in Atlanta for a Super Bowl weekend. The city is hosting the big game in its new $2 billion stadium and a music fest in the days leading up to it at State Farm Arena next door. I called him and I said, Shea, ICE is looking to take you. But it was Super Bowl weekend in Atlanta that weekend. And he was performing at the Pepsi Arena with J. Cole. And he had press commitments the next day at the Super Bowl. And he really couldn't leave because we would have some contractual issues. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement has a field office not even a mile away from the stadium complex. I flew a lawyer down to Atlanta who worked for me. And I said, you know, stay with Savage. Do not leave him until you're ready to get on the plane Sunday after the Super Bowl. And they were scheduled to leave right after the Super Bowl on Sunday. But it isn't exactly hard to track down a headlining artist who is part of the city's biggest event in years. Saturday night at 10 o'clock at night, my time, Pacific, because I'm in L.A., you know, she called me. And I knew the minute she was calling me, this was not a good call. And she said ICE had taken him. And thus, it began us trying to get him out of there. On February 3rd, 2019, 21 Savage is arrested and when ICE calls a targeted operation. He is up for two Grammy Awards, but instead of preparing for his moment in the spotlight, rapper 21 Savage is in custody after he was detained by ICE. The Here's ICE what the rapper told Good Morning America. I was just driving and I just seen guns and blue lights. And then I was in the back of a car and I was gone. They tell you you're under arrest? Or nah, they, ain't, they didn't say none. They just said, we got Savage. They said, we got Savage. Yeah. Sounds like this was potentially something they set out to do. This would have been targeted and not just a random traffic stop. It was definitely targeted. Why I set out to do that at this time was up for debate. A huge part of rap in general is about how artists establish and represent where they're from. To listen to the music is to learn that N.W.A. is straight out of Compton. Lil Wayne hails from Holly Grove in New Orleans. And that outcast origin story begins at the Southwest Atlanta intersection of Headland and Low. 21 Savage's music and origin story had been firmly rooted in Atlanta's DeKalb County, just east of Fulton. In the 2016 song, No Heart, his first song to be certified platinum, he remembers getting caught with a pistol as a student at Stone Mountain Middle School. Yet ICE suspected that 21 Savage was a UK national who entered the United States legally in 2005 when he was 12 years old, old enough to attend a middle school, 
and overstayed his visa when it expired a year later. Many fans were stunned to learn the rapper was born in Britain, but lived in Atlanta. An ICE spokesman told CNN that, quote, his whole public persona is false. 21 Savage is held in confinement at a South Georgia immigration detention facility. Also, it's important to know to Christina that the Grammys were the following weekend. My goodness, and the Grammy goes too. He misses a scheduled performance at the award show, where the song he appears on with Childish Gambino and Young Thug wins record of the year. This is America, Childish Gambino! Donald Glover skips the ceremony, but the song's co-producer makes sure to note 21's absence. We want to thank all the rappers that are featured on his song, 21 Savage, who should be here tonight, Uh, Young Thug. 21 Savage would confirm his immigration status, though he says he wasn't 12 when he entered the country. I was seven when I first came here. I knew I wasn't born here, but I didn't know, like, what that meant as far as when I transitioned into an adult, how it was going to affect my life. That qualifies him as one of three and a half million dreamers living in the States at the time. LaPolt says that ICE has held its suspicions on 21 Savage for years. Yet, she thinks that 21 Savage was arrested when he was arrested because of that Tonight Show performance. How did y'all know that lyrics were the reason that he was being targeted by ICE? I did not know that. However, it's because that happened. Everything is about connection, right? So it just, it just was... Somebody was connected to that. Drawing that connection from his Tonight Show performance to his arrest may seem like a stretch to some. At the time, 21 Savage would have actually agreed with you. You have a line in there where you say, went through some things, but I couldn't imagine my kids stuck at the border. Right. Do you feel like you were targeted as a result of that? Basically being critical of the immigration system here? My lawyers think that. What do you think? (laughs) I don't really know. I can't really say. I think it's, I will see why people would think that, but I really can't say. What we can say is that in Georgia, 21 Savage's arrest sparked a much broader conversation, starting with a phone call that LaPolt made right away to Hank Johnson. Greetings, everyone. I'm Congressman Hank Johnson, representing Georgia's 4th Congressional District for the last, this is my 17th year. A former lawyer and judge turned nine-time Georgia Democratic representative from 21's congressional district. LaPolt asks the congressman if he can help 21 Savage out of jail. He was released on bond after being held at the Irwin County Detention Facility in South Georgia for a few days before he was released. She also asks him to consider the larger issues at hand. That was thought to have been a targeting of 21 Savage based on his lyrics, And thus began discussions about the need for federal legislation to protect artists for their creative content being used against them inappropriately. What has since become called the RAP Act, the Restoring Artistic Protections Act, reflects a larger debate within the justice system over why lyrics should or shouldn't be presented as evidence in criminal cases. And in Georgia... As 21 Savage's frequent collaborator, Young Thug, gets taken to trial on the basis of his own lyrics, that debate has gotten louder between those at the district attorney's office. There are several statutes out there that have been proposed around the country that say, well, we want to carve out a special rule to exclude this sort of evidence. Well, if a special rule is needed 
to exclude a certain type of evidence? Well, isn't that an admission in ways that the current structure allows it in? And those who are pushing back against such historic precedents on Capitol Hill. Look, there has been a, a very strategic, deliberate plan on how young Black men, young Black America is portrayed in mass media. That narrative of criminals, guilt before innocence, has been something that through mass media has been a jacket that Black America has worn for a very long time in this country. Willie Stiggers, an artist manager better known as Prophet, spent childhood summers with his father in Scottsdale, Georgia. He has since lived in Atlanta for 18 years. But he's from the South Bronx, where the birth of hip-hop became a necessary outlet to defuse gang violence. You can tell that Prophet is from the South Bronx, not just from his voice, but from his ability to trace the lineage of a single rap lyric from Biggie Smalls and Bed-Stuy to T.I. and Bankhead. Jay-Z, he say, when I say a big verse, I'm only bigging up my brother, I'm big enough to do it. I'm at thorough, plus I know my whole flow is foolish. Some of the rings and things you sing about, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth, right? That was a biggie lyric that Jay-Z then incorporated into his song. Then Swiss Beats takes that sample of Jay's voice and incorporate that into a beat that becomes the hook for one of T.I.'s biggest records. Bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth. So who's going to jail? For the barrel in someone's mouth, is it is it T.I.? Is it is it Biggie? Is it Jay-Z? Prophet has also been an advocate for hip-hop since he was a teenager. In 1993, when Reverend Calvin Butts III was trying to steamroll CDs and cassettes in front of his church in Harlem, pushing back against rap's explicit content... We will not stand for the vile, ugly, low, rhyme, abusive, Amen. and rough music. Prophet who was an aspiring artist himself, stood up to the steamroller to stop it. I remember telling Reverend Butts, you know, these are your sons and daughters, your nephews and nieces that you're steamrolling here. These are their dreams. What are you doing? Today, the artist manager is still asking hard questions. Prophet is also co-founder and co-chair of the Black Music Action Coalition, or BMAC, which advocates for racial justice issues in music. It came to our attention about over 500 cases where Black men uh, were being prosecuted for lyrics. Um, so that prompted BMAC, um, one of our executive board members, uh, Dina Lapone, to write an op-ed. And that op-ed went wide. That op-ed was for Variety magazine on a judicial opinion filed in December 2020. Maryland's Court of Appeals had just upheld rap lyrics as, quote, substantive evidence of a defendant's guilt when the lyrics bear a close nexus to the details of an alleged crime. And the basis of this opinion was Lawrence Montague versus State of Maryland. Lawrence Montague is wanted in Annapolis. Police say Montague shot and killed George Foster last week on Newtown Drive. A $2,000 reward is being offered for information leading to his arrest. Lawrence Montague had been indicted for the 2017 shooting death of George Forrester in a botched drug deal. During his trial, a jailhouse recording of Montague rapping a verse, including the words, I'll give you a dream, a couple shots, snitch, became grounds for sentencing him to a combined 50 years in prison. LaPolte wrote that the Maryland decision set a dangerous precedent. But the responses she received suggested that there were antecedent events, too. Everybody contacted me. 
I mean, oh my God, Ben Crump, okay, the renowned civil rights attorney, um, college professors that have been working on this issue for years and years and years, defense attorneys from all over the country. BMAC brought these people together to craft legislation that would rein in this problem. Prophet remembers how researchers identified over 500 cases, and he remembers reading some of these cases himself, thinking, This is fucked up. As I begin to read some of these cases where, you know, in one instance, the judge allowed lyrics to be read in the courtroom, and it wasn't even from the person that was being prosecuted. And it was to paint and illustrate a narrative. And some of these guys had like 200 views. So they wasn't even like artists. For, no, no disrespect. Everyone's an artist at heart. But like to categorize it like rap artists and some of these guys, you know, emerging to say the best. Um, and there was no other physical evidence. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing here? In 2022, the New York Senate passed the Rap Music on Trial Bill. Jay-Z, one of several artists teaming up to block rap lyrics from being used in court. That's the act where artists like Jay-Z, Meek Mill, and Killer Mike signed a letter of support. That same year, Governor Gavin Newsom signed the Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act into California law. Bill, this bans prosecutors from using an artist's lyrics and music videos against them in court unless they can prove it directly is relevant to the case. Governor but the working group realized it could help set a federal precedent. LaPolt suggested that Congressman Hank Johnson introduced that precedent back when 21 Savage was arrested. And to be quite frank with you, I took a, a while to really think and ponder about the legal implications of her request. And I didn't act until probably a year later. But once he did start drafting that legislation, it felt like a good fit for him and his legacy as a politician. As I get older, I'm getting more conservative and I have to fight that sometimes it takes me a little while to get over the urge to be safe, the urge to be law and order, the urge to be traditional, the urge to not push the envelope. And so in July 2022, in an effort to continue pushing that envelope, Hank Johnson introduced the RAP Act to Congress. And in April 2023, he reintroduced the RAP Act. This legislation is a common sense measure that is long overdue. For too long, artists have been unfairly targeted by prosecutors who use their lyrics as evidence of guilt, even though there's no evidence that the lyrics are anything more than just simply creative expression. But this time, he's backed by about two dozen supporters in front of the Capitol building, including 300 Entertainment CEO Kevin Lyles, and wearing sunglasses and a matching Navy tracksuit. Prophet, a frontline advocate, just as he was in New York. My argument then is the argument now, that when I listen to certain rap music, do I like everything I hear? Absolutely not. But what I hate is the reality that a lot of that music is representing. So I need to address those. I need to address policies to address 
poverty that leads to criminal behavior. I need to address policy that leads to the lack of education, the lack of health care, the lack of, of, of housing, the lack of opportunity and access that creates these pathways for destruction that many young black folk have to walk down. So you change those conditions, then you change lyrics. So for me, I can't stop at telling an artist, change your lyrics, change what you see, when the reality is that that shit is real. It's happening. Like, kids are not eating, kids are getting shot. Like, these things are happening. Women are being devalued. We are living in a society in which these things are, in fact, happening. Yes, these are reflections of society. It grew out of this social injustice of being disenfranchised. It is where the culture came from. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
we should be clear that the Rap Act would not, repeat, would not bar the use of lyrics hypothetically of any genre in court cases outright. Neither would California's new law, or even the new law in Louisiana, which happens to be Mac Phipps' home state, and the second in the country to enact limitations. We checked. The listed exception to the Rap Act's rule is if a lyric is literal and can be explicitly connected to a crime, then yes, it can be introduced as evidence to a jury. Does the expression specifically refer to the alleged crime? That was a factor. Was the expression specifically uh, refers to the relevant facts that are in dispute? You know, another element was, does the, is the expression the only evidence available to demonstrate facts? The Rap Act would require a private hearing between prosecutors and defense attorneys, where a judge would make the final call on whether those lyrics are indeed relevant to the case or whether those lyrics are, quote, creative and artistic expression and therefore barred from being presented as evidence. Lyrics that simply speak to a criminal mindset, Georgia's third and final criteria for its use in cases, wouldn't make the cut. Here's Congressman Hank Johnson. You just can't bring it in to show just a general state of mind. A prosecutor would have to show that the creative content is relevant and related to the specific facts which the accused is charged with. And so that way, you don't just get rap lyrics or creative content introduced into evidence against an artist just to show the bent of mind or the motive of a rapper or of a defendant. To be even more specific, we asked Congressman Johnson how a judge would respond if a prosecutor presented a rap lyric as a manifesto in the words of Fannie Willis. Well, it depends on the circumstances. You would have to show to the judge certain um, prerequisites before introducing it as evidence. And that's what the uh, RAP Act seeks to do, is to put in some uh, guardrails whenever a prosecutor seeks to introduce creative content into evidence against a rapper. Now, a manifesto, let's say uh, Ted Kaczynski wrote a manifesto on, uh, you know, industrialization and its impact on uh, on social behavior and, and, you know, and humanity. Uh, that's one thing. I wouldn't call that scholarly manifesto uh, creative content. So that, that's like mi- mixing apples and oranges. Because those guardrails do not exist in Georgia law, lyrics are already impacting the YSL trial. That starts with how the trial as a whole is being covered. We have Profit to thank for this moment of self-awareness. Like, I think there's been a lot of focus on lyrics. And, 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 and why? And this is my thing. Even how, how the media addressed it. You know, young thug on trial. Jeffrey Williams is on trial. Sergio Kitchens were, was on trial. Okay? But, the, but the, the, this, is the, this is the narrative from the day one was pushing this rap, rap, rap. Because you was trying to demonize the culture. Okay, young thug, as great as he is, do not represent the totality of hip-hop or rappers. But that's what that's what you do when you put that forth 
Judge, he is dangerous. I normally don't do this, but I don't hesitate in this case. I implore you not to grant him a bond. Respectfully, Judge, I believe if you give him a bond, we're going to have more witnesses in danger or going to be missing. I believe he's that dangerous, Judge. Thank you. At the end of that 10-hour hearing on June 2nd, 2022, Judge Yarrow Glanville denies Young Thug bond. He cites evidence presented to the court that said Young Thug was the leader of a gang and a danger to gang members and their families. It's impossible to know how lyrics impacted his decision that time or the three other times Young Thug was denied bond. Prosecutors say that they have volumes of evidence to prove that YSL has been operating as a criminal street gang. They've told us that their case does not rely entirely upon lyrics. Instead, they have recorded jailhouse phone calls, witnesses, phone company records pinging from cell phone towers that place some of the defendant's phones at the time and place of murders, police body cam footage from the scenes of arrests. But those volumes of evidence the most substantive proof that YSL lyrics were, in fact, true threats won't be presented until the trial officially begins, which leaves taxpaying citizens like you, me, and Profit to sit with ideas about how Young Thug's reputation as a rap artist should precede him and wondering how the rest of the YSL case will add up. I mean, I haven't seen physical evidence because they're not going to show anybody physical evidence until they do things. Like, my understanding is that they've got a lot of evidence. Do we see a, a lot of evidence? I mean, okay. Well, let's see. Let's get this, let's get the party started. Leave the coach out of it. If you got, if you have all of this evidence, leave rap out of it then. Great. You should have a slam dunk. Here we are two years later. You're going to let half the people out of jail. You talk about you got wild evidence? Come on, knock it off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We don't know when we'll be able to see that physical evidence for ourselves. But one thing we do know is that every single prospective juror in this trial sits through a full reading of the YSL indictment read by Judge Ural Clamville. Hey, this is that slime shit. Hey, YSL shit. Hey, killing 12 shit. Hey, fuck a jail shit. Hey. An indictment that features lyrics from 12 songs. A rapper who was famous for his nearly indecipherable style suddenly critiqued for every unclear syllable. Hey. I done put up a whole slime of a hundred licks. Slime or get slime. I'm in the VIP. But Young Thug doesn't even rap some of the lyrics attributed to him. Mr. Williams got into a um, beef, if you will, with another rapper by the name of Rayshon Bennett, also known as YFN Lucci. Uh, at some point, uh, Lucci's mother was shot at, and the song comes out with Bad Boy that says... Uh, you better watch the way you breathe around me for that breath be your last boy. That's wrapped by the late Chicago rapper Juice World. So is this one. Smith and Wesson 45 put a hole in his heart, better not play with me. Killers stay with me. Smith and Wesson 45. Given the stakes. Who said what matters. Courts want to interpret lyrics literally when the music has thrived off double meaning in the reuse of beats and phrases and sentiments over and over throughout its 50-year history, which makes subjecting lyrics to a legal process so fraught. 
everybody gets pissed off because we want to interpret the lyrics the way we want to interpret them, either as a war cry on the streets of South Atlanta calling for violence or a news report set to music telling a story that happens even when no one is listening. As of this taping, the jury selection process for the YSL trial has finally reached the stage known as War Deer to determine whether prospective jurors could be unbiased enough to serve on this trial. We saw the list of over 250 questions that prospective jurors were being asked, including... Do you listen to hip-hop or rap? Are you familiar with the rapper's wife and Lucci, Young Thug, Gunna, or Birdman? How much attention do you pay to the lyrics? And do you believe rap lyrics are usually autobiographical? That last question is a direct quote. It's also the hardest one to answer. The court is asking jurors and us to make up our minds about that. Is rap real? And it speaks to that question Fonnie Willis presented to us. Should rap lyrics be considered a manifesto? We wanted to know Prophet's answer to that question. And to quote Fonnie Willis, the better question might have been whether he cared. Again, Fanny, we are saying to limit the use of lyrics. You can use them in connection with other evidence. I think this shit is clear. But how about the fact that all this other evidence that you say that you know about or heard about, the fact that she talking about a manifesto here, you have yet to tell us where's the evidence, though. Fuck all of this where it could be and put a beat or not beat. Where are the guns, the witnesses, the, 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 the forensic experts, where are the, the fingerprints? Where the, where's the cop shit? Where's the cop work at? Where's the detective homicide? The shit we don't watch on TV all our lives. Where's some of that shit at? Right? That's what we're looking for. You got that? Do your thing. But if you think you're going to use a cheat code of a lyric and then come with this manifesto bullshit, you're tripping. Use it, but bring the physical evidence with that, and now we can talk. Next time on King Slime. The judge said, you know, get this filth out of my courtroom. You'll never see the light of day. You'll never see the light of day. You don't need a concealed carriage permit to move around Atlanta with guns anymore. So now any and everybody's just walking freely with pistols, with ARs. It's a recipe for disaster. Does it concern you at all that unconvicted men's lives may be at risk? Am I concerned? Yes. I saw this social media freak out of, oh my God, they're going to go after a little baby or something like that. Right. Or name your rapper. There was this whole moment where there was a who's next conversation. Should mm-hmm. rappers be looking around like, are they coming for me? King Slime is a production of iHeart Podcasts and Heirloom Media. Written and produced by George Chidi, Christina Lee, and Tommy Andres. Mixing, sound design, and original music by Evan Tyre and Taylor Chicoin. The executive producer and editor is Tommy Andres. Fact-checking by Kaylin Lynch. Our theme music is by Dunn Deal. Special thanks to Carl Cadle. And to the Atlanta News Outlets 11 Alive, WSB-TV, Atlanta News First, and Fox 5. For more shows from iHeart Podcasts, visit the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.